This is On the Line. From the capstone to the plains, in-depth coverage, opinions, and analysis of the most heated rivalry in all of sports. All things Alabama and Auburn are right here. Now, you're on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law here on AU100 Kicks 96.3 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Or if you're listening on our audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio, however you're joining us, we thank you for joining us. If it's at 10 a.m. on Saturday on the radio, hey, welcome into the weekend. And we've got a great show for you guys planned talking about Today's college football action, Tiger Bowl taking place between Auburn and LSU. Alabama's going to run over Mississippi State. At this point, it's just insert team here. And we'll talk about the Crimson Tide as they nabbed Jaquincy Kool-Aid. I guess it's Glixy. I'm, I'm going by his Twitter name. McKinstry. Kool-Aid McKinstry. It's red Kool-Aid. He's a part of the Crimson Tide. Exciting. Guy's good. You know, Number one corner in the class. Um, best player in the state. Um, you got another one coming up today in Sage Ryan, the uh, safety out of the uh, out of the uh, uh, Louisiana. What's what's Louisiana called? The what state is that? The uh, the boot out of the boot, I guess. Right? Louisiana's the boot. It is a boot, but well, I mean, Louisiana plus Arkansas makes the Beehive boot. Well, anyway, there's another one coming down the uh, line today that is just as good as Kool Aid McKinstry and. Uh, Alabama's going to have a chance in that one. A late push by LSU, but a lot of the guys are still flipping their crystal balls to Alabama, so that'll be exciting. Not sure what time that is, but I think this is a big commit. You haven't landed a... You've been very safety-focused over the last few years. You When have you landed another star corner? Now, you got a, you got a Juco guy last year in Ronald Williams who will be back this week after breaking his arm in preseason camp, which is, I think, another good thing for Alabama. We haven't had any ACLs this year. Now, you had broken bones. You can't put that on strength and conditioning. So, I know, I know Waddle's out, but Ronald Williams will be back this week, at least practicing um, all week this week with a broken arm. So, Alabama's going after corners hard in this class. Um, haven't landed a dominant one to me since Sertan. So, this is a uh, this is a game changer. I think Jaquincy has a chance to keep growing a little bit, 5'11 and a half right now. You love your corner to get to a, to six foot and a half. I think a lot's like the... It's like the new range that you really want them to be over six feet because every receiver you deal with now, I guess unless you're a receiver at Alabama, 6'3", 6'4", it's a big deal. This is a big in-state battle. Um, A lot of people thought once um, Patrick Nix left and kind of went to that side of the state, he's really close with Bo Nix. You kind of felt like he would go to Auburn, and it felt like an Auburn... This summer we talked about it. It felt like an Auburn lean for Kool-Aid, and I think... Just the way these two seasons have happened and Alabama's kind of riding a high right now, Auburn squeaking by, and, and and he said it, Noah, and you said it also, they haven't really been able to make a lot of visits. Now, you're basing everything on what you've seen in the past, and it's been all eye candy right now if you're looking at Alabama, and it's been kind of, what am I going to get into if I'm going to Auburn if you're not able to sell me the planes? And Alabama pulls out a big one, and at the end, I don't think it was close. I think it was uh, 100. I don't think he had a doubt in his mind where he wanted to go. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And um, an in-state battle um, for a guy in Alabama comes out on top. Auburn's down in recruiting this year, and I talked about it a while ago. Auburn and Alabama at the starting of this cycle, they were down. Alabama was doing worse than Auburn, and they caught fire. They were able to bring these guys in, and we all knew it was going to happen. We all knew Alabama was going to start bringing in the five stars, the high four stars. We knew it was going to happen because the program sells itself. It's easy to sell wins. Auburn has to do something a little bit different. Not that Auburn's not a winning program. Auburn wins just as much as any other Tier 2 team does in the SEC because Auburn's not a part of that elite class in the SEC right now. They're a part of Tier 2, and by elite class, I'm saying the very smallest of percentage – Alabama and Georgia are a part of the elite class, and that is it. I would put Auburn in the same tier as – Florida and um, Mississippi State in recent years, I think, has performed at that level, doesn't recruit at that level. But Tennessee, I think, is a Tier 2 team because of the brand of Tennessee and how they built their program up under Philip Fulmer. I don't know. Those guys suck. You look at their recruiting, though. They're a Tier 2 level team in the SEC. Yeah, and for for what – I think one of the best things for Alabama here is and why this recruiting class started out so slow 
was because of coaching turnover, and you've seen it, and you've seen it, and you've seen it. Well, last year's staff is also this year's staff outside of the defensive line coach, and you're able to bring in a good recruiter in Freddie Roach as well. Now, he's not a great recruiter, but you put Carl Scott on this guy, and at this point, it feels like if you put Carl Scott or Holman Wiggins on a kid, they're going to come to Alabama. And that's kind of what you've seen. Alabama's got three recruiters in the top five. Holman Wiggins, number one in the nation. Number two, Carl Scott. Number five, Jeff Banks, who's, our, who's a lights-out recruiter at special teams coordinator. And that doesn't happen often. It just feels like if you get one of those three guys on a kid, especially early, you're going to have a good chance to come to Alabama. And Carl Scott's got another one today. As I mentioned, Sage Ryan. This has come down to the, um, to the very last second for him. I think he goes Alabama. But uh, Pete Golding sneakily is the secondary recruiter on all these guys. It almost feels like he knows he's not the best recruiter, but he can just give enough to these guys as the defensive coordinator to put his thumb on it and, and get them to lean this way. And Auburn, what's contributed to their slow start, I believe, is because they haven't been able to get guys on campus. Yeah. I was talking about Auburn has to sell their program a little bit differently. They win just as much as every other two, Tier 2 team does in the SEC. I think Auburn recruits similarly to LSU, Florida, and Texas A&M. Auburn's a borderline top 10 class every year, but that doesn't put you in the elite category of the SEC. And in order for Auburn to get to that point, because Auburn's not preaching NFL draft or championship pedigree. Now, Auburn puts guys in the league, but not at the same clip that Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, that the national programs do. It's kind of a chicken and the egg statement there, though, when you talk about those teams. Do those teams put those players in the league because of development or just because they recruited better players and those guys were destined for it. And it's probably a little bit of both, just like the chicken and the egg argument's a little bit of both. But Auburn has to sell people the Auburn experience, the Auburn family. It's a real tangible thing. And when guys get on campus, they fall in love with it. They fall in love with the Plains. It's a beautiful campus. They fall in love with Auburn and the creed and everything that Auburn encapsulates. Like, it is a real team. It is a real thing. Other, other programs say, you know, we're family. You know, you could be like Mississippi State, you know, have Hell State or something else, but it's just not the same as Auburn. It's unique. And Mississippi State is unique as well, but Auburn's out here selling the unique Auburn brand, not necessarily wins and losses. And when you can't get guys on campus, that's a problem because then you can't effectively sell that brand. You can't sell the campus. You can't sell the Auburn family and the Auburn tradition if you can't get guys walking around in the loveliest village on the plains. They can't tell how lovely it is. When I think of foot college football over the last 14 years, say Saban, since he's been in Alabama, it's the top of the top, the best of the best, the cream of the crop. They're not worried about a college experience, which I think almost erases everything that Auburn has to offer if you cannot top the cake with NFL draft picks, championships because these guys listen Kool-Aid McKinstry isn't worried about listen is he going to go to the bars and party while he's in T-Town like he should yeah that's what college kids are doing I get it it's fun but these guys are smart enough to know the Calvin Ridley's the Julio Jones the Derrick Henry's these guys that go to Alabama the Nolan Smith's at Georgia they're smart enough to know that you know when I when I have 35 million dollars at 30 years old I can party all I want I can go have all the experiences that I want these guys are to me. A lot of people say these guys aren't smart, and they're not the they're not the smartest kids. They're athletes. They're not going to school for school, and they're right. But they're also smart enough to know that yeah, I could go to a place I really like in Auburn, which I guarantee you, every recruit that goes to Auburn thinks, man, I really like this. Or I can go to a place I don't like as much. I can go to Georgia. I can play three years. My draft stock is sky high in the first two rounds. I can play in the NFL. I can make up to now if you're a quarterback, make forty million dollars a year. And you can stop working at age 30. To me, that's genius. To me, that's like the smartest thing in the world. So I think it's so hard because Auburn, now you even you have to, if you're landing them on family right now, Noah, you got to oversell that. You're over the top about it because that's, if that's what you're selling, you're, you got to sell it, sell it. And they weren't able to do that in the last eight months. And guess what was posted on an Auburn social media account this past week? Auburn football tweeting about Gus Malzahn's 
birthday in the past week, and they're all singing him happy birthday in this video. And the when players they break or the up, fans? The players. Oh, that's okay. They do it to say. Oh, well, of course. I'm just saying, like, the message of family is definitely being preached right now. And it all and it's always being it's always being preached if you're talking about Auburn, as it should be. I mean, that is it is a tangible thing for someone. I'm somebody that lives in Auburn. I went to Auburn. It's a real thing. And I even think when people come for road games to Auburn, they see it because everybody talks about how nice the experience was, how nice the fans were. It's a real thing. And so Auburn's having a hard time bringing these guys onto campus to sell that to them because it's something that's got to happen in person. And I'm And I understand your point. The elite of the elite – are going to Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State for the reasons that you said. NFL draft, they know that they can win, and they are concerned about making it to the next level, not necessarily concerned about what their experience is like. Auburn's in the race for some of those guys and will land a five-star every other year. Auburn will put a five-star in a class every other year. The guys that Auburn's really recruiting for every year are the high four-stars. Those guys, those guys are still going to pan out and are going to be pretty ready to play early in their career. Those are the guys Auburn needs to land, and they're not landing them with consistency right now. Yeah, right now Auburn's they've you guys have been really good, really good at landing. If you look at twenty four seven composite, fifty and under. Listen, there are a hundred football players. Almost, I won't say hundred. There are fifty football players on every high school football team in in America. So the top fifty, the top one hundred. The top 300, ESPN 300, Noah, is in the 99.9th percentile of players. I mean, that's how good they are. If you land one of those guys, you have the best. The issue, however, is that Alabama, LSU, even Florida right now, Georgia, they're all landing guys. That out, listen, Alabama's class right now has 11 of the top 100 players, 12 of the top 103, and they may get another one today. To that is the difference. And that's where Georgia and right. Auburn is a bona fide head coach that has NFL track a real NFL track record away that doesn't have to sell the family as much, but it can balance out from being a power. I've, I've thought that for a while. If, these, if this place can find a coach that... Well, Clemson did it, right? Well, I think they're very similar situations. If not, Clemson had a worse history than yeah, Auburn they did. prior oh, they to did. Davos yeah. Sweeney. And that's why I wasn't gonna. I wasn't even gonna put Clemson on Auburn's level pre Dabo. My, my point is, if Clemson could do it with Dabo, Auburn can do it. Well, Auburn's resources compared to prior to Dabo Sweeney, Clemson what, resources what are the, about the same, if not better. Is Dabo just a difference because he had no pedigree? He plays a walk on in Alabama, played receiver. He quit coaching for seven years, but he had the ability. I know he may have not have had the resume, but no coach starts with a resume. Every coach starts out as a nobody at some point. Nick Saban started out at Kent State in Toledo. He was a Maction guy. Bounced around in the in the NFL a little bit. Goes to Michigan State. Honestly, prior to Alabama winning the 09 National Championship, and you look at Nick Saban's record, of course he does have the one national title at LSU. Oh, he had two at LSU? I think he only had one at LSU. He only has Maybe the one at one LSU. LSU. Yeah, It's pretty subpar. Well, yeah, come Even on. Even prior to that national championship, it's pretty subpar. Toledo and Michigan State... Right. That's the point I'm trying to make is that you look at Dabo, nobody was going to know that he had that inside of him until he proved it. And so my thing is if a guy like Dabo can come along and do that to Clemson, it can happen at Auburn. And there's no telling that it could still happen with Gus Malzahn. That's his only job, though. He's never been a head coach anywhere. Right. He was the the wide receivers coach at Clemson 12 years ago. That's That's not the highest upper echelon of jobs, you know. A nobody's a nobody, and he still had it inside. And that's him. what the I'm saying. Like, was there. so why why is it so hard? Why has it been so hard for Auburn? And I, I get it. Dabo is a diamond in the rough. Like there's all, there's not there's not there's two more Dabos walking around right now. I think Ryan Day and and Nick Saban, and that's probably about your your cluster right there. But there's got to be somebody out there, and if Auburn can find it, because Gus isn't it. We've seen it. Proof's in the pudding. We're seven years in. It's, it's eighth year, but seven four years are in yeah. the in the books. It's nine and four. It's seven or eight and five. That that's been it. What is it about? Because Auburn to me is a a f- top fifteen program in college football. Why do they have to keep settling for Gene? Yeah, what what was Gene Chizik five and nineteen? Wasn't it? Wasn't that they were screaming something like that? Screaming when State, he got yeah. off the plane, 
and Gus Malzahn, who Bo Jackson and Pat Dye didn't want to hire to begin with, he gets the job. Why is it that Auburn can't just get the guy? I don't know. There's not a lot of guys. Why can't they get the guy? The Auburn situation is a lot different than the Clemson situation, which is another tricky thing here because Clemson didn't have any pressure around them. The ACC was not one of the premier conferences. It wasn't the premier conference in college football. The SEC was a completely different animal. The SEC was a completely different animal than what the ACC was at the time when Dabo Swinney took over in the early 2010s. I think that's about right when he took over. He didn't have any competition like Auburn has. Auburn has Alabama and Georgia enjoying the best dynasties of their program history right now. They're getting all the recruits that they want in the recruiting pipeline. Clemson, although South Carolina is not a great state for high school football recruiting, can still get into Georgia. And they've become such a national brand now that they can go and get those guys. But Dabo didn't have the pressure of the ACC around him. I compare Dabo's situation to what's happened in the SEC and college basketball. There used to just be Kentucky. And then Auburn came along and hired a guy named Bruce Pearl. And the basketball program at Auburn got really good. Now look at what all the other schools have done in the SEC. They've all gone out and hired really good basketball coaches because Auburn showed that a bad program could turn into something very good. And the league now has matched that level of competition. The ACC largely has failed to achieve that with Dabo Sweeney right now. The competition has not increased in the ACC right now for whatever reason. I think there's probably less good football coaches around than there are good basketball coaches. It's been it's been in the re- for how good Dabo has become in the ACC. It has been the reverse of what's happened in, with the SEC and Nick Saban. The good coaches are everywhere in the SEC. And Nick Saban and some of these other coaches make good coaches look like bad coaches because of how good they are. But the ACC has just been a revolving door of complete mediocrity from two through what 14 14 teams in the ACC. There's only been one guy for the last eight years that's even been remotely good outside of one year of Florida State in 2013. That's it. And I'm not including Brian Kelly and ACC coaches oh, yeah, right no, now because this is just a one-hit wonder unless they do join the conference, which I wouldn't be opposed to. But you look at the second-best ACC coach right now is Mac Brown. After Mac Brown, you're looking, at, you're looking at Dave Dorn, NC State. Norville. Justin I mean, Fuente. Is it Fuente? Manny Diaz. Is it Fuente? I don't know. F-U-E-N-T-E. I, th- I say Fuente. But think about it. Like, can you even name Pittsburgh's head coach off the top of your head? Is it not Narduzzi anymore? I don't even Pat know. Narduzzi? I don't even know. Who coaches Syracuse? Uh, uh, oh, God. Yeah, you know who it is. Uh, favors. Yeah. Does it even matter? Are you serious, though? The fact that you had to go, ah, uh, No, but guy. I was saying, like, if you, asked me, if you asked me before the start of this college football season who coached at Missouri, I didn't know who Eli Drinkovitz was. I did. I mean, it's a hot shot, but we follow the SEC more than we follow the ACC, okay. so that's fair. Who's but the, who's the well-known names? Who is the coach at Utah right now? Uh, why am I having a hard time well, with this? Because I know Whittingham. his name. It is Whittingham. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> who's the coach of Colorado right now? It's, uh, it's not Mel Tucker anymore. I don't know. See, it's what I'm saying. Like you don't, you just don't know. I, you know who coaches USC. You know who coaches UCLA, and you know who coaches Oregon. That's it. Some big brands. That's right. Who coaches? Who's Illinois head coach? That's Lovey Smith. Ah, oh, that was an easy one. Lovey. Who is um? Who's Rutgers head coach? Oh, this he's, oh, he's been there. Shiano. Yeah, Shiano. So I guess you do know some Big Ten guys. What are some other bad? I know a lot of teams' coaches. There's a lot of coaches in the big in the Big Ten though that, have, that there hasn't been a revolving door. Loxley's at Maryland, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Fitzgerald is still at Northwestern, mm-hmm. as he should be. He's a good head coach. Yeah, I've always, I've often wondered. Things are beginning to drop off at Northwestern, when, though. Uh, and you can only have a run for so long, right? I mean, he has it. He has about a to come down. Decade of being a, an above-average program in Northwestern. So, going back to your original question, why hasn't it happened at Auburn yet? I think Gus Malzahn is a top ten coach in college football. I went through all, at least among Power Five coaches. I can. I at the beginning of this year, I agreed with you. I think I could give you 10 that are better than him. So he's 11? I mean, but... Plus or minus. I went through him this past weekend, ranking him out, and he falls down at plus or minus. He falls down at worst. I think you can put him at 11. At worst. But I think he's better than guys like Gary Patterson and Gary Anderson, the two Garys in college football. I think he's a better head coach than than what Wisconsin's got. I think he's a better head coach than I think he's sixth in the SEC. 
So that means you put Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, is he better than Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh does four losses every year at Michigan. That, I mean, is and he can't beat Ohio State. Nick better? Saban has been beaten by Gus three times. Yeah, come on. I just hate the the Gus, the beaten Nick Saban three times argument because the last two. Fine, years, it is the measuring stick. I'll admit it. No, Alabama's that's not why I'm saying it. It's just because you know why it's happened the last two times. And Auburn's not a better fan. Has not last been a better two fan. times in 2017. Auburn was better. Dude, Alabama literally had it. Six starters out on defense the last two times you've played. The last two times you won. Okay, I don't like. It, you're not better, and it, and it proved Alabama won a national title. Your 2017 was not they would not have won it if they didn't put Tua in. Yeah, I'm just saying. It, with at Tua, the time, Auburn played Jalen Hurts. And Auburn it, may have lost to, to Tua if they had played and then Mac, that game. You got Mac Jones in there last year. Come on now, with a hurt defense. But it, regardless, I think I could I may could give you 15 coaches better than Gus Malzahn. 15, not in the Power Five. No way. 50, I, mean, I got no way. Have it. Not a chance. I'll stand by him. I think Gus Malzahn's for sure a top ten head coach in college football. But once again, I stand by my statement. I think that there are. Less... You want to fire a top ten coach because you were on that train like two weeks ago. I didn't say that. I've not been on that train. I am neither here nor there right now. No. Okay? Whoa, whoa. Are we talking about on air stuff or off air stuff? <laughs> I'm just saying. We've had discussions. It's okay. I'm not saying you wanted him fired, but you said you you'd understand. I understand people's willingness. That's what I'm saying. That you haven't said it, but you understand why people are making the argument. One hundred percent. Okay, I see that. I mean, I understand people's frustrations. I understand why there's pitchforks and torches. I get that. But I'm neither here nor there. I want to see how this season plays out. I think Auburn's going to be six and two going into the Iron Bowl. I think so I think too. He's in. And I think he's safe. Gus Malzahn just start coaching in a striped shirt. Black and white. That is ridiculous. I'm not even getting into officials. That is ridiculous. Auburn fans would trade this college football season and all the calls they've gotten this year for that Final Four to get it back. 100%. And all these people ragging Auburn fans. It's like Auburn has experienced blown calls against them one, on the greatest one stage. One example. That is the greatest stage all of college you, basketball. But all you had to do was just not foul the guy at the end. I mean, like, it did not decide. There shouldn't have been the opportunity to foul him. That's but the you, same logic. Basket, no, but you know for a fact, there's so, basketball, there's just so many, like, just. Football's the same way, holding on every play. The last six regular season games, referees have had, had eight, made a call that within two plays directly gave Auburn points or directly took away points from the other team. I'm Six games you, in a row. Not some conspiracy Six out to in help a row. Auburn. There's not some conspiracy to help Auburn. I don't think there's a conspiracy. I just think that there is a... Uh, it's a conspiracy. Yeah, no. I, there is. It, no. I, I don't know the other way to describe it. No. How can, how can that happen? Why would the SEC want to help a Tier 2 team in the At SEC? At some point, Noah, it, it stops being an anomaly. Like, well, this will just stop happening eventually. This won't happen next next week, and it just keeps happening. In every single game this year, Auburn has been given points. They've all happened in early games. Maybe there's just the bad referee crews have ended up in Auburn. I don't think there's that many bad referee <laughs> crews. I, listen, the oh, first, I think there is. It's the, collegiate athletics. The first referee crew, I thought the line judge made a bad call and that it couldn't be overturned. And um, the rest of them, I don't know. Like the Arkansas one. Last one, the, the ball clearly hit him. And just, but, you know. Going back to what I was saying, though. Gus Malzahn. This isn't even on the rundown, It's though. not. Well, you took us here. <laughs> Gus Malzahn is the top 10 coach in college football. I understand people's frustration. It has gotten pretty stale. I I'll think be top, open 50, it's but top 15 stale. is enough. To me, like. It's not enough to win a national championship. No, there, are, there are three elite coaches in college football, and they will be in the national championship or in the college football playoff picture every single But who year said Gus Malzahn was ever going to win a national title? I mean, he I'm got... 2013, you're hoping. He got one. He caught the world by storm like Ed O last year, and he came up short. Other than that, like how close is, have they really been? Lost an SEC title game with two losses. like they were pretty close in 17. Yeah, but, but even Their at that SEC point, you have two championship away from probably winning at that. Well, Auburn was in the playoff that year. Auburn was the number two team in the country, or the number three team in the country. You weren't in the playoff. You were in the SEC title game, and then you lost your bowl game, too. I'm saying, if Kerryon Johnson doesn't get hurt that year, Auburn oh. beats Georgia in the SEC. You forget, it was only like 14-7 to in the fourth quarter of that game, and then they just beat the door down after Auburn fumbles in the fourth quarter there for the umpteenth billionth time because they have trotting out a hurt Kerryon Johnson. I was... Trying on some Levi blue jeans in a dressing room in Belk when Georgia scored the touchdown to kind of really end that game. DeAndre there, Swift. There was a guy beside me in the room 
and I was just going, cr- I was just going crazy in there, rooting against Auburn, and uh, the guy was just chuckling, laughing. Funny story. So then we talked while we were we talked across the over the the top of the dressing room while we were trying pants on, I guess. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I just this is funny how you remember where you Auburn are. Auburn was in the top four at the time. Auburn oh, wins absolutely. that SEC. They're in the playoff, and I think that I think they're in the national championship at least that year. Auburn had already proven that they had beaten Georgia twice. Georgia doesn't make the playoff that year. And that Does year. Alabama make the playoff that year? I think if? you get an Auburn-Alabama national championship that year. That was how close we were to an Auburn-Alabama national championship because Alabama would have been number four. Auburn would have been two. I think both of those teams probably win their playoff game if not Alabama gets beat. Well, we were already – yeah, we were the four seed. We beat But they Clemson. thumped Clemson in that game. So then you get Auburn and Alabama in the national championship and the world would have been on fire and I would have been here for it. I would have loved that. I still root for that game. Could you – but – if if it I was, can handle it if Auburn loses. No, that game. but if it if it happened just like it happened and it's too well and second and twenty six darting one to the end zone on Auburn, you you would have you would have peeled back the rotating center roof of Mercedes Benz Stadium and just jumped off. <laughs> I know you. I know you well enough. You wouldn't have made it. I was. I was I almost jumped off too. Papa Nasty missed a field goal. I've said some things I've should. I probably haven't said since. I don't know if I believe that either. <laughs> On the other side of this right, we got Speed Route presented by the Brown Insurance Agency. We're going to pour some salt in the wound for the World Series. For Jeremy, we'll also talk about the Tiger Bowl coming up. Kool-Aid McKinstry, a lot coming up here on Speed Route presented by the Brown Insurance Agency. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. You're on the line. Now, Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. Welcome back in to On the Line on your Saturday morning. If you're listening on radio on demand, if you're listening to the podcasted version, Jeremy Law, Noah Gardner with you up until 11 o'clock. We didn't get to a lot of the stuff in segment number one, Noah. Let's jump into it. We talked about Kool-Aid, the Tiger Bowl today. LSU Tigers, Auburn Tigers hosting those Tigers in Jordan-Hare Stadium. This is always one of the marquee games each and every year inside of the SEC, really inside of college football. And it always seems like whoever wins this game between these two teams, their season goes up. The other team's season just goes down. That's how it's been. And both of these teams looking to keep building after a win last week. Auburn's been down the last three years. Guess what? They've lost to, to LSU the past three years. Now, last year, I, I felt like it was an up year for Auburn trajectory-wise after you look at the two years prior to it, which were both disappointing seasons, at least how 2017 ended and then 2018 was just disappointing all around because, once again, you had excitement that 2018 was going to be better based off of how 2017, you know, Auburn's in the SEC championship. But this is a big one. Auburn's head's been bombing up and down above water, below water. I mean, it's they're at 3-2. and two. And if they had lost last week, they would have been – they would have had a losing record for the first time since 2016. And Auburn's not in that position right now, but they could be back in that position with a loss. And going into this year, you think that Auburn's going to beat – LSU and beat them bad if you're me I thought I thought that was the case I mean there's no secret on the show I probably spent a month straight in the preseason once we started getting really into the thick of things and previewing this upcoming year I probably spent a, a month straight with us talking poorly about LSU all facts I mean the yeah. team ended up oh, struggling yeah. I hit the nail on the head with them losing to Mississippi State in week one when the schedule was released guess what though LSU's improved I only think Auburn's improved marginally. I only think they've gotten a little bit better. I don't think we're seeing the defense improve at all. I think the defense has the same issues every week, and I think we've only seen the offense get a little bit better, but they've only gotten a little bit better because they've decided to run the ball. Has the passing game really improved? Has the dysfunction in the offense really improved? We don't know that yet. I mean, they just played Ole Miss last week. Ole Miss has the worst defense in the SEC. Talk about dysfunction. Their head coach is Lane Kiffin. So when you look at, Auburn and LSU this weekend, you're talking about two teams that have experienced a lot of dysfunction, a lot of disappointment based off of, for LSU's case, a national championship last year, which their fan base is probably still sedated after winning a national championship last year. But Auburn's is not. Auburn Auburn has been craving more. And this is the game on Auburn's schedule for the past three years that has felt circled. 
maybe not as much in 2017, but since 2017, so including this year, part of that three-year stretch, since that loss in Death Valley in 2017, I even think you could say it was circled in 2017 because it's been since I was a baby that Auburn has won in Baton Rouge that this game has been circled. And this is the game that has been the demon in the closet or the ghost in the closet, the boogeyman for Auburn underneath their bed. Ooh, on Halloween. That, exactly. Ooh. Auburn has not been able to escape this torment that LSU has put on Auburn. And if they could just win this game. I mean, think about this. 2018, Auburn enters that game against LSU, a top 10 program. I can't even remember if they were top five, but I know they were top 10. They were top 10. I think they were six or seven. They go into that game. Everybody thinks that Auburn's going to smash LSU. What happens? They lose on a field goal at the very end. Unfortunately, I was in New Orleans when I saw that field goal go through the uprights, watching around a bunch of LSU people. That did not go well. Oh, that was boy. not great. But I was going to a Browns game. They were playing the Saints. Well documented. I'm a Browns fan. was watching them play the Saints like week two that year. Also, gut-wrenching to see how the Browns lost that game because I had Saints fans around me. And if you've ever been around a horde of Saints fans inside their natural habitat of the Superdome, it's scary. It's LSU on Sunday, and they were getting after it. But that season went down the drain. It was like the whole morale of the team changed instantly at that point, and Auburn really never really felt like that it recovered from that loss against LSU. That loss against LSU beat them later in the season when they lost to Mississippi State. Those two losses beat them when they played Tennessee. They just kept beating themselves last year, and I think the root of that was the LSU game. Last year, Auburn goes into it. The underdog puts up a really good fight, still hasn't won in Baton Rouge since I was a baby, and they lose by five. But it never really felt in that game for as close as it was that Auburn was going to be able to pull off the victory against LSU. Part of that's LSU was great. The other part of it was like, it just doesn't feel like Auburn's going to be able to break through. This is this one game. I think this is the game on everybody's schedule, if you're an Auburn fan, where Auburn fans want to win this game more than any other game. Maybe not more than Georgia. I think because Auburn beat Alabama last year, they're like, yeah, we understand. We won't beat Alabama this year. But they want to beat LSU and Georgia more than Alabama this year. Well, they already failed on Georgia miserably. LSU, similar type of situation with Georgia. Very disappointing, gut-wrenching losses the last several years. This game against LSU, you cannot have the same thing if you're Gus Malzahn and you want to return next year. Because you know what's happened after the Georgia loss? Everybody brought out their resumes and their calculators talking about Gus Malzahn's record against uh, rivals. You can't lose to another rival. And this is the one rival on your schedule that is beatable. This is the one rival that's beatable. You got to leave this year with a win against I don't LSU. Think this is a, I don't think LSU is beatable by Auburn. I, I'm, 100%. They're, the Auburn's more talented this year, I think. Uh, listen, LSU just, LSU just completely ran through a team that beat that Auburn, that, lost, to, that Auburn lost to two weeks ago. I mean, they you know, South Carolina's last two games. Are, but don't you Auburn, think Auburn would run through Mississippi State? I mean, things change on a week Listen, to week basis, and, and week, this year. In week one after coronavirus, it looks like there's two, there's a trend going on here. It looks like LSU's settling in a little bit, especially with the new quarterback. And it looks like Auburn is by the skin of their team. Now, this game's at home, so you can chalk up Auburn leads 17 nothing before the game starts. Definitely looks like LSU's getting better LSU's faster. getting better each and every game. And I just don't know how how is Auburn going to keep up. In this game, I think LSU can score some points. I think Auburn's defensive line, much like Alabama's, is soft, and Alabama's defense is getting better. Your linebacking core, eh? And you still can't defend. You really, still can't defend the pass very well, especially jump balls. And nobody defends jump balls well in college football because the offense has all the they have all the rules in their favor for everything that goes down the field. LSU's got a better thrower. It looks like now it's it's one game. I get it. South Carolina's defense not very good, but hey, Bo Nix didn't look good against that. That South Carolina defense. Three picks. So I don't know. I don't think I don't think Auburn can win this game. And before the year, I said this is a hundred percent chance Auburn wins. This LSU team is going to be horrible. They can win it. You just don't think they will win it. Well, I mean, that's I mean, you're writing Auburn off completely. Saying, off I don't think though. they can win. I mean, one hundred percent can win. I don't know if they will, but they can. The well, that's the same there. thing. I mean, like, I mean, LSU might get coronavirus this week to this morning and then cancel, and Auburn gets a win. I mean. They can. Everybody can win. That's why they play the game. I just don't think Auburn can win. <laughs> you just don't think Auburn will win. I don't think they will win. I don't think they can win. And I'll be right okay, on both. Okay, so you will write Auburn off completely. You just, just, you're not giving Auburn any kind of shot in this one. Where does Auburn have the advantage in this game? Not offensive line versus LSU's D-line. Not, not the D-line versus LSU's O-line. They don't have the advantage at receiver versus DB. 
Auburn's got the better defense. And 100%, that is that is, that is supported no, listen, statistically. I think below, I th- LSU gives up over 30 points a game. Uh, I know. They played, let's see, they give up, give up 40-some points to Missouri, man. Missouri hasn't scored that much against anybody this well, year. Do they, do they really give up that many a they game? They did. They gave up 45 They gave up 45 to Missouri. to Missouri in an L. Now, Bo Pelini's defense is not good. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying, well, where, where does Auburn have the advantage? It's not at... It's not receiver versus corner. It's Auburn's receivers are better than I mean LSU's receivers are better than your DBs. I think Auburn has more good receivers no. than LSU has good corners. Who's your second good receiver? Eli Stove is a very consistent option. I haven't seen him drop a pass this year. Is that the thing? What we look, he's you just are hasn't comparing? The ball. Look, you are. Who's your you second are, good receiver? Look, you are comparing. Jamar Chase may opt in to Alabama's week. receivers. No, I'm not. I'm just LSU's. I'm talking about Auburn's receivers against LSU's corners, and LSU's got one good corner. I mean, we got to remember what Mississippi State and Missouri both has been able to do to this pass defense. They've got one good corner, and it's Stingley, and he hasn't even been healthy all this year. He's got yeah, one good corner, Polini, and he might be able to put Bo, Seth Williams. Bo Pelini he, he is like they stopped playing so much zone, and he did what Pete Golding has started to do. Is says, just go make plays. Just go make, go hit the quarterback, put pressure on him, and go make plays. You saw it last week against South Carolina. Pete Golding did it a lot against Jer- uh, Garantano. We're just done sitting back in zone. It's confusing our guys. The game's too fast to get a bunch of play calls in. Just go get the quarterback and play the game. And I think it kind of showed up on the scoreboard a little bit, only giving up 24 last week in a game where his defense was on the field the whole time. I mean, LSU was up and down the field, and his defense was on the field the whole game, and he only gave up 24. I don't think Auburn can win. I Three weeks ago, I would have said, there is no way LSU wins this game. And now I'm kind of seeing a turn of the tide. they got a quarterback that could throw it, a mobile quarterback at that, which is going to give – I'm nervous about LSU. I'm nervous about going to LSU in a couple weeks because LSU's got a tough stretch in front of them. I'll be very interested to see how Finley plays against the invented 3-1-6 defense. Which which did make an appearance last week against Ole Miss. Auburn was I, yeah, I was but is like, it gonna? Wow. But they're not doing that though. They're not doing Matt Corral. Just let's just throw it as far as we can down the field type stuff. I mean, LSU's still throwing the ball just as much as they were no, last year. The I, offense I is still it. the exact same, which it, is kind of scary for the future. If this guy is this young and can already handle it pretty well, same as Miles Brennan. Miles Brennan's handling it pretty well. It's still five wide four wide receivers, and Auburn's putting six defensive backs to take the passing game away. And LSU's rushing attack really hasn't been that impressive this year. Bo, Bo Pelini, his defense to me can has gotten better. So against Mississippi State, right, they just kind of sat there and Costello just dinked and dunked and dinked and dunked, and then he'd hit a big one and they'd be in the end zone in seven plays. And it was now they're just going to get the – they're going to get them. And – I think the on the offensive side, the quarterback legs help young teams. Look at Jalen Hurts when he was a freshman. Quarterback legs, and this guy can run it. And how is Auburn going to I just don't know how you're going to stop it. Because I don't you really haven't gotten a lot of well, I'm not saying Auburn's going to stop it. I think Auburn's going to score. You think how many points is how many I points think Auburn is, can score? If Auburn could score 35 on Ole Miss last week, I think Auburn could score just as much on LSU's defense. LSU's defense has been statistically one of the worst defenses in the SEC this year. They've gave up 45 points to Missouri. If Missouri can score 45 points, I'm LSU, nervous that Bo Nix only scored 35 on Ole Miss. Like that makes me nervous. That defense is. If you have a, if you're, <laughs> if you have a pulse, there is only one more team left on Auburn's schedule that can stop Tank Bigsby. One team. And, that, and I'm giving Alabama maybe a little bit uh, too I'm much credit. I'm rolling my there. eyes at this Tank Bigsby for Heisman he, he is, garbage. I'm not saying he's for Heisman. He's averaging over six yards a carry. Uh, Put any defense on the field against him. He's uh, running the ball well. You're down by 50. You're losing this up and down game. You're running draws. He's running. I mean, <laughs> God play. Oh, we lost two by 50. What are I you talking I mean, about? Like, the game is just like it's just everybody's just kind of running nickel, and you're handing it off to a big running back, and he's breaking off big yards. I, I can't, you know, whatever. There was an SEC film. Ole room. Miss. It's Ole Miss. Everybody runs the ball on Ole Miss. Who is who has Auburn played this good on defense other than Georgia? Kentucky's ranking up there, but I don't think they're that good. Ooh. I mean, you're I mean, always How good did the SEC Tank Bigsby run the ball in that in that game? I'm going to find a stat for Tank Bigsby real quick. So you can continue to ramble about no, how he's overrated. I don't th- I go and find you the stat that yeah, he's but you're not all, later in the show you're gonna tell me Cam Newton is the best college quarterback ever, and I have seventy stats to prove that he's not. 
that with a better seasons by quarterbacks, but we'll we'll talk. I'm supposed to be doing that right now. So college football film room account on Twitter at CFB Film Room. Tank Bigsby is running over SEC defenders at an incredible weight rate. They put up a graphic here: most broken tackles forced per 25 rush attempts among SEC running backs. He's number one in the SEC at 8.4, almost a third of his rushing attempts he breaks a tackle. Who's second. Deshaun Fenwick, South Carolina at 5.6. Third is Chris Rodriguez Jr. at Kentucky with five. Najee Harris at 4.6 is four. He's doubled the breaking tackles Man, on Najee. this guy, Tank Bixby is better than Najee Harris. He's not. There's no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt. Tank Bixby's Heisman contender. Not. I just think you're dogging the guy. I'm not he's dogging. playing behind a subpar offensive line. I'm he's not still making dogging things Tank happen. Bixby, but it's, can we just please stop hyping everything up on the planes when it doesn't deserve to be hyped up? I think it, was, it does. He's a top three running all, back in the league. Listen, Sean Shivers knocked off exactly. Xavier McKinney's helmet. He's a Heisman contender. Bo Nix is going to win the Heisman. That. Bo Nix is going to win the Heisman this year. He's the best quarterback in the SEC. The guy, the guy can't throw. He's horrible. And now it's the Tank Bixby train. Nobody ever said that Sean Shivers should even be in the Heisman conversation. I don't know who said that. I mean, Bo Nix is... And you might need to choose who you're hanging out with better if that person man. said that Sean Shivers going into the I Heisman. Said, why, why can't we just not... Why can't we just sit back and watch it and enjoy it? I'm not a Tank Bixby denier. I'm also not a Tank <laughs> Bixby... My God, this guy is just running over everybody. He's the he next, is, though. He's the next Bo Jackson. A third of the people that you put in front of Tank Bixby, he will run over. That's what that stat says. How many? Can we not just wait to get more proof, though? That's my, I guess that's my point. Why can't we just wait to get sure, more proof? Sure, he's five, he's five or six games in in an odd year, but it's pretty impressive what he's doing as a freshman. I'm not saying he's going to win a Heisman at Auburn, but he's averaging over six yards a carry. He's top three in the SEC in that Wasn't category. Wasn't your Twitter handle Tank Bigsby for Heisman, though? Like, no, what, what your are you thing talking about? <laughs> Twitter you were, handle you, is at Point Gardner. No, right but you here. changed your name. It was I like Tank not. Bigsby. I've been Noah Gardner. Nope. That's all you talk about these days. Definitely not. <laughs> Time for speed. I round. like Tank Bigsby, by the way. It's time for Speed Round, presented by the Brown Insurance Agency. Jeremy, we'll get question number one right here. Jeremy, how are you feeling about the World Series? Moneyball is Moneyball. And if you don't have money, you're not going to win it. Moneyball, I get it. It'll get you there, but you're not going to win. Why'd you pull Blake Snell, Kevin Cash? Why? He had a two-hitter. We're going to win the game. He may not. I mean, he was in a groove. And then you get an F-bomb dropped by Snell on national TV. (laughs) I'm just... Coaches... Coaches, coaching, how do you say this? Coaching will never, coaching won't win you a game, but it will lose you a game. And the Rays dropped game six because of Kevin Cash. And I'm still mad about it. I have to get a new Roku remote because of it. No way. I threw it, yeah. I do you to, really have to get a new one? Yeah. It broke. I had to go reprogram it and See, everything. sometimes you say things like Sean Shivers was a Heisman contender <laughs> by some people. That but he knocked makes Xavier me wonder McKinney's saying, helmet off. Which makes me wonder, well, he definitely not does uh, McKinney into the second round. But for those people out there, Jeremy's a Rays fan, and he shows up in October. <laughs> I show up all year, but we also can't watch the Rays. I can't watch the Rays on TV. So, I mean, if they catch him on ESPN, I mean, you know, we'll change the subject. Question number two. How important is this game for Gus Malzahn and the players as they take on LSU? Uber. Uber important because I I think that a lot of people don't think he can win. I don't think he can win, but this is a turning for your tie because if you're Auburn and you lose this game, you turn right back around, you close out the year in a hard back end of the schedule against Alabama and Texas A&M. It's going to be close. Until Auburn gets to the Iron Bowl at 6-2, and two, it feels like every single game is the most important game for Gus Malzahn. Last week, it was to keep Auburn above 500 or to put Auburn back above 500. This game is to keep Auburn above 500 to really generate some momentum to get to that 6-2 and two mark, but now it's also about a rivalry game. I think this is uber important. Like I said, every week it feels like it is Gus Malzahn's most important game of his career just because he's trying to, he's trying to dig out of the heat. Question number three, how big is Kool-Aid McKinstry's commitment to Alabama for the future for Alabama, where it feels like the defense has kind of been subpar the last couple of years? Yeah, they need good defensive players, and they also need us with corners. I think this is a big one. It's a, it's If you don't get him, it's not a killer, but if he goes to Auburn, it is a killer. Or if he goes to Georgia or LSU, that's a guy that's going to bite you in the rear end. Good to land this guy. Go ahead and get it out of the way. Looking forward to Sage Ryan today. I think this hurts Auburn really, really bad to see a guy like this go to your rival, and it continues to accentuate the recruiting divide between Auburn and the elite teams in the league that Auburn can't close on a guy who reportedly was an Auburn fan growing up, right? 
Auburn's had a hard time, and I know people hate talking to this, but Auburn missed on Reuben Foster and Rashawn Evans out of their backyard. Both of those guys went to Alabama were pretty darn good at Alabama on defense. So Auburn's having a hard time closing on some high-profile dudes in this state, and part of that has to do with the pedigree and the championships and how Alabama can sell winning. Auburn right now trying to sell the Auburn family and the Auburn experience, which is great, but you need to add some wins to it right now, and the stale nature of Auburn's tenure right now and Auburn losing four or five games every year is hurting Auburn on the recruiting trail. Question number four, LSU and Auburn, they're playing this Saturday once again. Auburn honoring, though, the 2010 National Championship team, and it's time to argue again. Who is the better college quarterback, Joe Burrow or Cam Newton? Who is the better one or who is the best one? Because you can make the argument that Joe Burrow Burrow had the best college football quarterback passing season of all time. I agree with that statement. Against the toughest schedule of all time. Nobody's Nobody's ever done what Joe Burrow did. Let's make some statements here to simplify this then. Joe Burrow is the greatest passing quarterback college football has ever seen. In, uh, end, of, end of career, Joe Burrow. Uh, we'll say it's last year. No, I think he had the best season. So I don't think you can I don't think you compare careers for these guys. They're both one and done. Joe Burrow's a one and done. I mean he had a great year and he just disappears. I think in a in a one season, look at both of them, Joe Burrow faced seven or eight top ten teams on his way to a national championship. It's never been done before. Cam Newton is a better all-around quarterback than Joe Burrow. What is all-around QB? I mean, like he's got more weapons than just one. Joe Burrow's one weapon is his arm. Hey, Joe Cam, Burrow was a Cam pretty was good a, runner, man. Cam had twenty rushing touchdowns. Yeah, don't twenty. How how deep are we going to go in this? Because that's not even the best. That it happened two years before that. Somebody had more than him. Here's the thing about Cam: great season, didn't have a lot of talent around him. Two years before, Cam uh, Tim Tebow had more passing yards, more passing touchdowns. More rushing yards and more rushing touchdowns than Cam Newton. Two I, years I prior. I think I have a vague memory, though, that Cam had the touchdown record in the SEC in a single season. Uh, it, maybe it was, like, right there. Maybe it was on the line. But I seem to have a vague memory. Wow, we, we argued about this earlier. Why yeah. are you getting me back into my feelings? <laughs> we might have to go back and check that. But still, uh, the statement is about better all-around quarterback. And this is, this is who's the better college quarterback. And I'm creating these statements to try and break it down. I think Joe Burrow is a better passer than Cam. A lot better of a passer than Cam showed. Cam was a 66% completion percentage guy in an offense that was built for quarterbacks to have 66% completion percentage. It was easy for them. It's a one-read offense. But he's a better all-around quarterback because he has more weapons. He's more versatile. Joe Burrow ain't getting 20 rushing touchdowns. Listen, man. And can't pick up a third and 10 saying, hey, Cam, go get this third and 10. Do whatever you got to do. In 07, Tim Tebow is Heisman year. He's at 67%. 32 passing touchdowns, 6 INTs. He had 23 rushing touchdowns, averaged 4.5 a carry. I mean, the stats were identical to what Cam Newton did two and a half years later. I mean, it's not like that. Tim another great. Yeah, but it's not like Cam Newton just did something that never been done before. It, it happened two years prior. What Joe Burrow did is never been. He has healed every record other than, I think, QBR because Tua got it because he got hurt. Question number five, who is the fourth team for the college football playoff this year? Right now, who do you think is that fourth best team in college football? The three best teams, I think there's no argument. Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. And is that fourth team good enough to win the title? It's Oklahoma State right now. I don't know who it's going to be at the end of the year. I, I think they're the number four team. If they win out and win the Big 12 championship, they will, they will be in the college football playoff. I don't know if they'll win it. I don't think they're good enough to win it. I don't think that they can stop Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. And I I don't think they could score enough points on any of those schools either. I think if Oklahoma State played Georgia right now, Georgia would smash them. I I would agree with that. And so I don't think it's Oklahoma State. And I actually think they lose this weekend to Texas. So I think Oklahoma State falls apart. I think Georgia's very good, but I don't think they make it there because I think they're going to lose two games. They're going to lose to Alabama the second go-round. Florida's definitely not. I think by default, unfortunately, I have to say Notre Dame. And if Trevor Lawrence isn't cleared to play by the time that Clemson plays Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame beats Clemson. Now they'll replay again, and Trevor Lawrence will more than likely be healthy and will be playing in that game, in the ACC title game. And Clemson will probably win that game because I think Clemson healthy is second best, if not best team in college football. I think Alabama is probably the best team in college football. But I'm going with Notre Dame right now at number four. And that does it for speed round. Brought to you by the Brown Insurance Agency. Life is coming at you fast, just like Speed Round. Make sure you and your family are in good hands by allowing Lance Brown to be a part of your team. He'll make sure that you understand your policy and that you are fully protected. Call Lance Brown Allstate at 334-758-0088 or visit at 3051 Frederick Road in Opelika. We're wrapping up the show on the other side of this break, doing game picks here on On the Line.
You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. This is On the Line. Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law with you. Wrapping up the show here. We got game picks coming your way. Previous segment, we had Speed Round presented by the Brown Insurance Agency. And it's time to look at our standings here for game picks. And I made a statement last week where I said, you know, I'm prone to blow it. Sometimes I get a little bit over my head on picking some upsets. And I probably am doing it again this week. But I... Out of the three games we picked differently, I or maybe it was four games that we picked differently, I went one and three. You went three and one, and now you have surpassed me in the overall standings. I'm at 36 and 22. You are at 37 21. Last week I had a one game lead. And so here we are, neck and neck. Where is the pace car at? So here we go. Let's get after it. Number five, Georgia at Kentucky, 11 a.m. SEC Network. Upset alert? No way. When is the when is the Stetson Bennett? I always have to ask that. When is the Stetson Bennett experience over? Like, Kentucky will have to force at least four turnovers I for did, them to have a chance. After the Alabama game, you and this is they, Georgia had a bye week last week and they're rolling into Kentucky. After the Alabama game, Georgia fans have to be saying, "I watched it. It was a collapse in the second half. It was all because of the quarterback." At what point is this over? I think you see JT Daniels get reps in this game because next week it is the world's largest cocktail party. Are they playing that in Jacksonville or are they playing home? I think they home? are playing it in Jacksonville. So they're going to play it in Jacksonville. But I think for I don't think Stetson Bennett can beat Florida either. So I, I think that you'll see JT Daniels get reps in this one. I think Georgia wins, and I think they I think they still went big. But I think uh, you could see Stetson Bennett make some mistakes, and then this could be JT Daniels, um, JT Daniels' team by about 2.30. I think the Kentucky pass defense gives him fits. So maybe we do see JT Daniels because that pass defense is one of the best in the SEC. They are like second in takeaways with like yeah. interceptions and whatnot. And so I, I think Kentucky, in order to win this game, to answer a question from earlier, they're going to have to have like four picks, but that ain't happening. And they'd probably have to convert one of those into a touchdown. Like it'd have to be a pick six. There's no way this Kentucky offense scores more than. Well, Joey Gatewood's playing. Just, I, I still don't think this Kentucky oh, offense scores saying. more it's, than 17 points. It's you Joey know? Gatewood and it's not even Wilson. So it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough day for their offense. Georgia by a lot. Michigan State at Michigan, 11 a.m. Fox. Wolverines, 13th-ranked team in the country after blowing out Minnesota. Are we I'm trying think, to bake some easy ones in here. No, but it's like we were really high on P.J. Fleck and this Minnesota team, and those that came out and got destroyed. Is yeah. Jim Harbaugh, this could be his year to where he can actually make a push to win the Big Ten. I don't think they could beat Ohio State still. Don't get me wrong, but I think at the end of the year, he could be sitting right there in college football playoff talk. Well, if there's one thing that's been certain about this college football season is that it's been a very up and down, and I want to see if Michigan follows that trend or if they put together another dominant performance. Because if they do put together another dominant performance and they stay healthy and don't have the Big Ten coronavirus problems that they're already seeing, well, Michigan probably can compete with Ohio State. Ohio State's defense did not look that good against Nebraska, in my opinion. Give up over 200 rushing yards to Nebraska. That's no good. Both going with Michigan there. We're going on to game number three here. Number 17, Indiana at Rutgers. Two teams that beat you know, mainstays in the conference last week, 2.30 p.m., Big Ten Network. Rutgers with his first Big Ten win in... Like 21 tries. I was like three years, three or four years. So, I don't know what to make of this game. Greg Schiano goes back to Rutgers and, like, they're good again, maybe. I don't know. I'm looking in your eyes right now. I, I, I'm, do it. I'm, I'm going to pick Indiana, but... Good choice. Because yeah, you're about to pick Rutgers. No, I'm about to choose, I'm about to choose Indiana. Oh, really? I, I think Indiana's a more legitimate team. In, this Indiana's been around, man. No, so Indiana like was decent. a couple plays away from knocking off Tennessee in the bowl game and having a lot of momentum rolling into this year. And having a nine-win season. I mean, they've been, you know, six, seven wins for the past couple years before last year, and then last year... Which is good really for good Indiana. Year. 100%. I mean, they're, they're the Iowa State of the Big Who's Ten. Who's Indiana's coach? That I don't know. I have no idea. But... I think they beat Rutgers. I think they're more legitimate. I think Michigan State may just be that bad, and Rutgers just may be an illusion right here. I'm going to take Indiana in that one. LSU at Auburn, 2.30 p.m., CBS. Well, you gave your pick earlier. Your pick was that Auburn's got – Your pick was that (laughs) – I want you to pick Auburn in in Edo's voice. I can't. I don't don't think he can. Yeah, Coach Matt was on. He's a good coach. He's (laughs) going to beat us today. You just sound like Bobby Boucher more than uh, <laughs> than Edo. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of sound like you're trying to. I don't know how somebody. to do it. Hey. I don't know how to do it. I'm going to take Auburn in this one. I know you've written off Auburn from having any shot of winning this game. I, I think Auburn's going to get it done. I think this is, you know, without a doubt, so important to that team 
that they could lose every other game on their schedule. They could look horrible every other game, but I think Auburn's going to play their best game of the season in this one because it's that important. Yeah, you know the you know Vince McMahon's theme song when he walks down the aisle at WWE? No chance. That's what they've got. No chance. In- That's what LSU's winning this game. Well, there's our first different pick there. So we'll see if that can get me back in it. Texas at number six, Oklahoma State, 3 p.m. Fox. You like Texas in this one, man. I'm on this Oklahoma State. I'm on the I'm on the Okie State train right now, man. I, I think they're a really good team. They got Chuba. They haven't had any coronavirus issues, really. Their quarterback's pretty good. I mean, and I just don't, like, Texas is on a downward trend, man. Ever since the we're back, mother, was Ellinger, I mean, just stop doing that type of stuff. I, I, I think they're on a downward trend, and I, I don't know how much longer, how much, how tight is Tom Herman's leash right now? I think it's pretty tight. It's disturbing to me that Oklahoma State can't score more than 24 points against Iowa State with that good of a running back. Like, Chuba Hubbard uh, is a top five, top three running back in college football. And it's disturbing to me that that offense has that much issues against some bad Big 12 it, it defenses. Makes, it makes you nervous knowing that they can't. But also, and that Texas listen, has the firepower. You're to okay it. with hiring Iowa State. They, he's like, you're in your short list if Auburn does make a move. I and mean, that's because of less talent at Iowa State and being able to win with less talent. But. Now, I'm not saying Iowa State's a bad team. I just think they're, you know, they're kind of part of the. Oh, they general, beat Oklahoma. I mean, they're he, kind of he, part of the general mediocreness of the league, though. You know, they're a seven, eight win team every year. That's Oklahoma State beat a team that beat Oklahoma. I mean, I like Texas's firepower. I don't think Oklahoma State is going to put up, you know, in the high 30s. And I think Texas, regardless of how good Oklahoma State's defense is, I think they can score in the high 30s on anybody. Ellinger's throwing it around real nice. He's got to avoid some turnovers. He's had some turnovers in the last couple of games. But I, I think Texas is going to pull this one in. This is a big if, – if Oak State loses this game – Goodbye, Big 12. It's goodbye, Big 12. And then now you're talking two SEC teams getting in. If Oklahoma State loses, Alabama and, and the loser of the East or the winner of the East in Alabama are getting in. I think it's very possible that you see the American team get in. Uh, if Cincinnati goes saying, in the field, I if think Alabama loses, If Alabama's only losses in Atlanta – and there's nobody else there, they're getting in. Well, I think Alabama wins in Atlanta, and I don't think the two-loss SEC team gets in over the undefeated no, American I squad. That. I yeah. can see that. Mississippi State at number two, Alabama, 6 p.m. ESPN, both taking Alabama in this one. Fun fact about this one, though, Alabama scored 152 points over the last three games. Mississippi State has scored 30. Jeez. Did you that, see this? bad. Did you see the stat about how bad Alabama – it's been like 38 to 17 has been the average score between Alabama and Tennessee. That's just crazy, 14 years in a row. That feels like the average score in every game that Alabama plays. Number three, Ohio State at number 18, Penn State, 6.30 p.m. ABC. Penn State coming off of the loss to Indiana. It kind of was crushing to me. Knowing, like, I thought that this was the year that James Franklin could do something in the Big Ten, and it's just not happening. Ohio State's winning this league, hands down. I think this is going to be a good football game. Penn State only gave up 200-something yards or something like that against Indiana. They had some mental mistakes. They had two picks by their quarterback. And they may do that in this game, and they may get blown out. But if they can avoid mental mistakes and keep this ball on the ground, Penn State definitely can rush for more than 210 rushing yards on Ohio State, which is how much they gave up to Nebraska last week. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska's defense was getting pushed around on the running game by Nebraska. Like, Ohio State was getting pushed around in that fast of the game by Nebraska. Penn State can do that. If they don't make mistakes, they can equalize doing that. I still think Ohio State wins. Obviously, Justin Fields, Ohio State, they got more weapons. Give me the Buckeyes. But I do think this is better than what experts are predicting. I mean, I think the line's at like 12.5 Ohio State. Yeah. I think that might be a little bit too high. Arkansas at number 8, Texas A&M, 6.30 p.m., SEC Network. Arkansas, the to- like the toughest team to beat in the SEC. Like, they don't quit. They keep coming after them. I'm not picking. I mean, I think, I think Texas I A&M is also – listen, Texas A&M wins out. They could be that fourth team uh, that gets Very into true. the college football playoff. And they already got a top-10 win under their belt against Florida. I like Texas A&M in this game. But this is a pesky Sam Pittman coach team right here in Arkansas. And they don't – you can see that they think that better days are ahead and they're playing for those better days. It's disturbing to me that Texas A&M only beat Mississippi State by 14. I'm going to take Arkansas to win this game. Here's why. And I'm going out here on a limb on this no. one. A&M's definitely a more competitive – it's definitely a, got more talent. Arkansas has the most takeaways in the SEC. They're the most opportunistic team in the SEC. They're playing tough with everybody right now. I think they could. I think they could find a way to turn you know Alabama over. They still get blown out, but I think they could find a way to make Matt Jones commit to turnovers, which he's not doing right now. They have 13 takeaways through you know only four or five games. 
this Arkansas team, I, I think they're two and two right now. So I think they got 13 turnovers or takeaways through four games, which is over three a game. That's very impressive. Texas A&M, we all know this with Kellen Mond. They're the most accident-prone team in this league. They turn the ball over, they give it away like candy. Kilimanjaro is due for this kind of game. Arkansas but is Kel- the wet floor without the wet floor sign Kel- to Kilimanjaro. Are Kilimanjaro's bad games now not him just completely blowing anymore? Think about the Mississippi State game. And maybe that was his bad game and they beat Mississippi State by 14 points. He's a senior. He's played a lot of football. He can't always be as bad as he always was. I, I don't know. I, I, I like Texas A&M still. This game also typically... Very close. Yeah, it no is. No matter how it's bad these two teams are. Now Arkansas is actually getting better. So I, I am going to take Arkansas on this one. Last game, we'll go through it quick. Missouri at number 10, Florida, 6.30 p.m. SEC Network alternate. Florida hadn't played in a while. They don't play they defense. three weeks since they they've played. They don't play a lot of – their last game was against Texas A&M, which they lost, I believe. So they don't they don't play a lot of defense at Florida. This Missouri team has shown you they can score some points. Florida. Do it. I'm going to have to pick better than you on Oklahoma State and Arkansas A&M and Auburn LSU. You we can do this with the lead, baby. I'm taking Florida in this one, too. I just, offense is too good. I think that Basilek is going to continue to show people something. But that'll do it for picks here on On the Line. And then I'll also do it for another episode of On the Line. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. You know where to find us. God bless, everybody. Thanks for listening to On the Line, a product of Radio Alabama Sports. To follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, find Radio Alabama Sports. For more episodes and show notes, visit RadioAlabamaSports.net.